This is AM 1400, KVFD, the voice of Fort Dodge. I'm Michael Devine. This is a Divine Intervention where we always tell the truth, make it matter, and we're never boring. At least we're going to do our best. Joining me in that endeavor today is Mr. Algernon Cash of America's Energy Forum. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for the invite, Mike. Uh, I, I certainly am uh, delighted that you uh, could be on the air with us a little bit. First of all, a little bit about you, sir. What is your background? Yeah, well, I'm originally from North Carolina. Um, started out about 12 or 13 years ago in investment banking. Um, I've spent probably you know the, the last decade and a half primarily working on a lot of real estate-type transactions. I've also worked with a lot of family-owned business owners or family-owned businesses and um, primarily just provided them advice on how to finance projects and how to get out and raise capital and ultimately create jobs for other people. And I've been involved with the oil and gas industry for about six years. I started out six years ago working on the hydraulic fracturing issue in North Carolina specifically. Um, we finally got the moratorium lifted on that some years ago. And, and then since then, my role has expanded, and, and I've become a national director with the America's Energy Forum. And probably for the last two or three years, I've spent some time just traveling the state and meet, meeting with business owners and elected officials and regulators and community leaders and basically just talking about this American energy renaissance that's underway in our country. Lived out on the Outer Banks of North Carolina for a couple of years. It was the best fishing I ever had, I'll tell you. <laughs> I just got back from Eatonton. We did a oh, um, right? special roundtable out there for Veterans Day, um, and we had a great time. So it's a, it's a fun place. Well, I lived in the little town of Manio. You probably know where that is. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's quite a place out there. Anyway, uh, what uh, Algernon uh, Cash is our guest. What is America's Energy Forum? Yeah, so we're uh, basically a, a community of 23 states, so we do have an energy forum in 23 states around the country. We predominantly focus in those states where they either have um, energy resources that are currently being explored and developed, or we try to identify those states where there's some potential, like in North Carolina, where we do know there's natural gas located there and, and also some offshore opportunities available in North Carolina. But we, we predominantly just spend our time meeting with, as I stated before, elected officials, different types of community leaders, people with obviously some spheres of influence, and we're, we're predominantly just providing them an education about what's going on with oil and gas. Um, we recognize that in today's age with the Internet and all the different types of mediums where you can get information, um, it's very easy for myths and rumors to get spread. And so the oil and gas industry is proactively getting out and making sure people are educated with facts and I've been doing that for the last six years, and it's, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you, Algernon, uh, the, the biggest problem I have, and I think I speak for a lot of people here when I say this, is that everybody has their own facts. Everybody seems to have proof that either oil is good or it's a toxic substance. And uh, we have climate change people who say uh, it's the end of the world if we keep using fossil fuels. And we have others to say that climate change people are chicken littles running around screaming about nothing. I, you know, it's like you don't know who to trust. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, I've talked to a lot of people about, uh, about oil, fossil fuels, climate change, all of these things. What can you tell us? What, what is your take on this? No, I, I, I share your, your, your frustration and your concern. In fact, the, the, just the other night, I was hosting a dinner in Kinston, North Carolina, and, and the same comment came up in regards to all the, the, the different types of information that's out there. I, I will tell you, the kind of person I am, I really like to read and consume everything. So mm -hmm. I don't just sit 
and read what comes out of the oil and gas industry. I also read a lot of what's coming out of the opposition. And, you know, I try to inform myself to be smart enough to make decisions based on the real facts. And, of course, you know, rightfully I'm going to argue that a lot of the information, the facts that come out of our industry tend to be spot on. Um, the information that we often share with people is much more scientifically based. And a lot of what I see from the opposition tends to be more emotional based. And when it comes to things like climate change, which I think is a huge, just a big, big issue, um, you know, Mike, I might be one of the first ones to come on your show to tell you I'm not smart enough to know um, what, what the difference is. You know, I, I do know um, it does seem like that here here in our in our world that, yeah, we, we are experiencing some different types of climate change, if that's what they want to call it. Um, but I, I don't think anyone, quite frankly, has figured out what's really driving it and what's motivating it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just one of those people that admit I'm not smart enough to, to, to fully know. Yeah, you would be the first one who said something like that to me, Algernon. <laughs> absolutely. The very I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I absolutely appreciate that. So uh, because I, I see uh, here in our state, which is an agricultural state like uh, North Carolina is, uh, actually, North Carolina has a lot of uh, different uh, areas that support their economy, but uh, there's certainly agriculture is a big deal there. Uh, I, I, I guess here, let me let me start. Let me go this direction. Do you have oil pipelines in North Carolina? We we do not. We're actually in the process right now. Um, Duke Energy and Piedmont Natural Gas, as well as Dominion, um, are in the process right now of building a, a pipeline that will move natural gas. Uh, from the Marcella Shell in Pennsylvania down to eastern North Carolina, that pipeline is going to be called the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, and, and that is an issue that I've that I've actually worked on, and and it's an issue that we largely support. Um, as you know, traditionally here in North Carolina, we we have not been fully in the oil and gas business. So mm. this is something I would say in the last you know six to eight years, North Carolina has finally started moving in that direction. So. You know, we're, we're not like some of the other states where we do already have these pipelines traversing our state, um, but we, we are moving in the, in the direction where we, we could potentially have the Atlantic Coast Pipeline here. Um, and, you know, obviously I think Duke and P&G and Dominion are currently going through um, a lot of the approval hurdles to get that in place. Uh, you know, I wonder, have you heard much or do you know much about the safety of uh, pipelines? I do. I, I, I wouldn't, again, I'm not going to position myself as an expert. I'm not an engineer. I'm more of a policy guy than, than anything. But, but, yes, I mean, it's an issue that over the last several years I've studied quite a bit because one of the big issues that we've worked on is the Keystone Pipeline. And we, we really believe, at least from the, from the perspective of our organization, we think the way that you move these resources safely and responsibly is through pipelines. Um, right now in our country, we probably have over 150,000 miles of pipelines that are, you know, moving throughout the entire country. So it's something that historically we've shown that we can do it safely and responsibly. Um, certainly we do need to balance the, the, the economic rewards against some of the in, environmental risks. But, um, again, history and, and facts have shown that we've been doing this safely and responsibly for many decades. Well, we have a controversy here in our state. It's called the Bakken oil pipeline, and I uh, we have so many pipelines uh, under our soil here. I I, I can't understand why uh, we we're having such opposition to this now. Well, I do understand it. it's because climate change has become a a, a big thing. 
uh, with uh, with certain uh, segments of our society, and, and it's caught uh, fire with uh, political figures, uh, certainly on the Democratic Party left. Do you believe climate change is real? I, you know, that's a that's an interesting question for me. I, I mean, it. I do to some degree, and I'm not trying to hedge on you either, Mike. To some degree, I do believe that, as I stated earlier, that, that obviously it's clear that here in our world we're going through some kind of a an adjustment, for lack of better words, in terms of climate. Um, I, I, I think that where I probably break from some of the tradition is that I'm, I'm not really sure if that's being caused by things that we're doing as, as men and women or if it's just some type of a natural cycle that the world goes through. I think sometimes we forget that us as humans, we've only been here for a few thousand years, but the Earth itself has been here for nearly five billion years. Um, and so, you know, I think people that try to claim that they're smart enough to know um, why, why these, these changes or these climate shifts are occurring, I, I, I find that hard to believe. I was a little surprised, and I found this out just in the last year, that oil is, in fact, uh, classified as a toxic substance by the EPA. Uh, do you see it that way? No, I, I, quite frankly, I see it as probably one of the most valuable resources that we, we currently have in, in the world right now. I mean, when you look at the fact that, you know, baseload, over 80% of baseload energy demand is basically met through fossil fuel technology like oil and, and also um, coal and natural gas, and when you consider the fact that you've got countries like China and India and others that are just growing by leaps and bounds, and that worldwide demand for energy is growing significantly, I don't see oil as a toxic substance at all. I, I see it as something that's an incredible resource, not only for this country, but for a lot of our neighbors around the world. There is, a, and our guest here is uh, Algernon Cash. He's with uh, America's Energy Forum. You know, one of the powerful arguments against uh, oil production or uh, continued dependence on oil is that it funds Middle Eastern nations and that money goes to terrorists who kill our soldiers. Now, I can't think of a more powerful anti-oil argument. Can you respond to that at all? How much oil do we get from the Middle East, and do we have a chance of being independent as far as oil production? Yeah, I mean, we, we do source quite a bit of oil resource from the Middle East. I mean, that, that's obviously widely known. I, I think the, the thing that's probably not as widely known is that, quite frankly, our biggest oil trading partner actually happens to be Canada. Um, we, we buy more oil resources from Canada than, than we do some of the countries in the Middle East. And as we all know, Canada has been a, 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 a big friend to America for, for, for a very long time. You know, I, I think that when you look at the American energy renaissance that's been happening in the last several years, through things like hydraulic fracturing and, and, and other things that have been happening here in our country, where we've seen the production of oil go from around 4.5 million barrels to as much as 9 million barrels a day, it, it seems to me right here in our country we are on a pathway now to be as energy independent as, as we ever could be. And even more importantly, we are now asserting ourselves in the world, Mike, as an energy superpower. I mean, when you look at, when you look at some of the things right now that's occurring over in the Middle East, and you, you, you turn on the news and you see what's happening in Paris, and you see what's happening with Russia and Ukraine and just all the things that are happening around the world, all the conflict and all the turmoil, typically what you would normally see is the price of gasoline would be trading at 4 or $5 a gallon right now just because of all this conflict. The reason why the, the price of gasoline is continuing to be low, which is putting money in, in the pockets of uh, middle-income families, 
is because America is basically now asserting itself as an energy superpower. And it's something that we need to continue to do because that's how we bring, bring balance to the world when it comes to this particular resource. And even furthermore, you know, our group, we're, we're definitely in favor of the President and Congress lifting this ban on crude oil exports. We've got a lot of friendly neighbors all around the world like um, um, Sweden and Poland and Japan and others who would much rather be buying that resource from us but we have an administration that tells American companies that it's not okay to sell the resource, but at the same time they tell Iran that it's okay to export a million barrels of oil a day. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's basically lunacy. Well, they're trying to kill domestic fossil fuel production, from what I understand, uh, which uh, I, I don't understand that either. Uh, we have a crude oil export ban in this country. That's insanity. Uh, what, what Do you know the reason that was given? I mean, there's always some uh, a reason that's given and the real reason, but uh, do you know the reason given on that ban? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, the ban was put in place back in the 70s, mm-hmm. and, you know, that was during a period where uh, essentially we thought that we were running out of oil. And oh, I see. There were certain technologies that we were not deploying at the time to realize that we had a lot more of the resource than we realized. So that ban was essentially put in place during a during a period of scarcity, sure. and it's remained in place ever since. And and I actually agree with Congress back then. I, I think if they felt like we were really running out of this critical resource, that we should be a little bit more prohibitive in how we deal with it. But we wake up today, Mike, and realize that we have more of the resource than we ever could have imagined. So we've now moved from a period of scarcity to a period of abundance. And I think that we need to do away with these, this, these old regulations that were basically enacted during a period of scarcity. And we need to be making sure that we're giving all the tools and all the opportunity available to American companies to compete on the world stage. And I, I fear right now that we're not doing it. And the reason that we're not doing it, quite frankly, has nothing to do with climate change. It has nothing to do with some of these arguments that I think the environmental crowd likes to make. The reality is it has a lot to do with politics, and, and that's very sad because, you know, something like energy shouldn't be, we shouldn't play politics with something like energy because at the, at the end of the day, there are real people that get impacted. There are real people that are trying to figure out how to put gasoline in their car, how to keep the lights on, how to keep their house warm this, this, this winter, and we need to stop playing politics with a resource that's so critical to everyday people. Uh, our guest is uh, Algernon Cash of uh, America's Energy Forum here at AM 1400 KVFD. We've got a lot of things to cover, not much time to do it, so I want to ask you about uh, uh, fracking. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, do, do you know about fracking? Uh, would you support uh, uh, hydraulic fracking? I, I know quite a bit about fracking. That was the original issue when I got involved with the Energy Forum about six years ago. That was the, the, really the original and sole issue that I worked on here in North Carolina. So for many years in North Carolina, we had a moratorium on hydraulic fracturing. And so we, we worked with the legislature here, we worked with the governor's office, and we worked with a lot of ordinary commu- um, citizens around the state to get that ban lifted so that um, oil and gas companies could come in our state and start creating jobs. So to answer your question, we, you know, our group, the America's Energy Forum, not only do we support hydraulic fracturing, quite frankly, we support what we call an all-of-the-above energy policy. So we think all forms of energy should have a seat at the table, um, whether, whether it's coming from traditional recovery methods or whether it's coming from hydraulic fracturing. And you know, I always like to remind people that I know this concept called fracking has just all of a sudden appeared in the media here in the last several years, but the reality is, is we've been fracking in this country for over 60 years, 
there's been over 2 million wells that have been completed through fracking all around the world, and there's never been one, one confirmed case of damage to the environment. So not only have we been doing it safely and responsibly, I believe we can continue to do it safely and responsibly, and as a result, we can create a lot of high-paying jobs for ordinary families. I should have asked you uh, what uh, the mission of America's Energy Forum is at the beginning of our uh, conversation here today, Algernon. Can you uh, tell us what the mission of America's Energy Forum is? It's exactly what we're doing on your show today. It's it's all about awareness, number one, and and we we recognize that a lot of ordinary individuals, Mike. I mean, they they've got so much going on. I mean, they're trying to you know they're trying to keep a job. They're trying to take care of their families. They've they've got other kind of activities that they they're engaged in. And it, and it, and in today's time, it's become so hard to just pay attention to all these important issues. So number one. We just want to make people aware about what's going on because we believe there's a lack of awareness about this energy renaissance that's been happening in America. But then the second thing we want to do once we make people aware is we want to educate them. We want them to have the real facts. We don't want to make any decisions for anyone. We think everybody out there listening to this is smart enough to make their own decisions. We want them to have the real education and the real facts so that they can come to a decision that, um, that, that makes a lot of sense for, for their needs and their situation. And then third and final, we want to help people to figure out how they can get involved. I mean, there's all kind of ways that you can, you can get engaged with these issues, whether it's contacting your elected official or whether it's creating opportunities from someone from our group to come into your community and educate other people. But, but we don't think it, it, it can't just stop at the awareness and the education piece. It has to go to full engagement. Uh, Algernon Cash is our uh, guest. We're getting a little short on time, but I uh, absolutely want to talk about the Clean Power Plan. So uh, could you describe that to us, please? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, basically the EPA has has essentially proposed a Clean Power Plan that would place additional regulations on um, utility companies, specifically utility companies that are using coal-fired plants. And you know, I can understand the spirit of what the EPA is trying to do. We certainly need to be trying to move in a direction where we are, um, you know, focusing on cleaning up the air and, and doing those kind of things. But the, the reality, Mike, when you when you look past the politics of the regu- of the new rule, um, you know, utility companies have already voluntarily been converting their coal-fired plants to natural gas plants. Now, natural gas burns 50% cleaner than coal. And that's why in today's time right now you see our CO2 emissions in this country at the lowest they've ever been since probably 1994. So, you know, I think our argument, again, here's a, a, a bureaucratic agency that's essentially trying to impose a new regulation and a new rule on an industry that, quite frankly, they're already doing what they're asking them to do anyway. But when they impose these new regulations, all that does is impose new costs. And as you impose new costs, you start hurting a lot of ordinary families that are just trying to figure out how to keep the heat on this this winter. Uh, this is AM fourteen hundred KVFD, the voice of Ford Dodge. I'm going to have to ask you, how did you get a first name like Algernon? That's not the most common first name I ever heard. I have the most common first name ever. <laughs> I will tell you, Mike. I used to want your name when I was coming up in school because everybody either picked on me or they couldn't say Algernon. But um, <laughs> as I've as I've grown older and had a chance to get out and meet a lot of new people and do some of the fun things I do day to day, I love my name because they don't tend to forget it. So I hope everybody's listening today. Don't forget the name Algernon Cash, and they can always reach out to me too, Mike, and 
Um, they can email me at acash at americasenergyforum.com. They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and there's not too many people named Algenon, so you, you'll, you'll know you have the right one. <laughs> and there's play, I'll tell you, when I was in school, there were 20 boys in our class, and four of them were named Mike, and four of them were named Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a scattering of Dave's, Tom's, and Bob's in there, but that was about it. Anyway, Algenon Cash with America's Energy Forum. I hope we can talk again. Yeah, come on back to North Carolina when you're ready to retire. All right, man. All right. This is AM 1400 KVFD, the voice of Fort Dodge.